the reset button with your host Dylan Tweeney. Today I'm talking with Eliza Shin. She's an actor based in LA and a former physician. She was trained as a doctor and actually practiced medicine for about six and a half years before leaving to explore other things. Wound up working in the acting field, among other things. And uh, I caught up with her a couple of weeks ago before all the recent uh, craziness and protests and police rioting began. Um, The subject of our conversation was uh, COVID sheltering in place and in fact, she'd been uh, volunteering at a drive through COVID testing site in L.A. So we talked a little bit about how she's coping and her strategy for coping, which involves self-monitoring. She talked about the importance of replacing the kind of outside validation and the outside feedback that we normally get in the world with uh, internal self-monitoring, body scans, emotion scans, uh, tension scans. And she also talked about the importance of discovering connections with the rest of, in, of humanity. The way that we infect each other, not only with viruses, but we can also infect each other with attention, caring, and support. And uh, how important it is to look out for people. And how sheltering in place in this whole crisis has kind of made us realize, made it much more visible, how important those kinds of connections are. Eliza Shin, thank you so much for uh, joining me on this podcast. Now, um, very still very fledgling podcast. I think you're only my second guest, not myself. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So I'm calling this the reset button because it's a short little thing, but I also feel like we've been um, in a sort of enforced pause the last two months during shelter in place. uh, Those of us who've been sheltering in place, and in many ways, the entire global economy of, you know, people have just kind of stopped. And so I think it's a big, like, while this time, this point in history is producing a lot of um, suffering and damage and uh, economic damage and what, and other kinds, psychological and social damage um, and a lot of anxiety. It's also an opportunity to um, think about what's next and to maybe take a step towards um, not just going back to normal, because I'm not sure that we could, even if we wanted to, but start mm-hmm. moving towards where we want to go. So I've kind of been viewing this time as a personal reset button. And so that's why I wanted to talk to you, um, because I know um, you and I had talked four years ago, uh, right around the yeah. 2016 election, and you shared some self-regulation techniques that I found very helpful um, in the ensuing years to kind of help manage my anxiety and my stress. So my first question is, do you have a technique yourself? And it could be the self-regulation technique or it could be something else, but do you have a practice that helps you feel calmer and more grounded um, and less anxious? Um, sure. I, I think in these, uh, in this period, uh, I've been doing way more, um, self-monitoring because techniques that have worked in the past may not work at the moment. Um, and then they work even 36 hours later. I've been finding that I have been, um, 
vacillating or just bouncing around mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, much faster than, um, usual because there are no more rhythms. Um, so I think in that sense, maybe it's a sense of agitation sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been much more flexible with myself and what it would take. Um, so that there are times where I think to myself, Oh, I should go for that hike that I really like where I can see the Mm -hmm. ocean. And then I really pause and I, cause intellectually I know that I enjoy seeing the ocean from that particular point of, you know, uh, vantage point. But even today with the time, I just, I was like, no, it's, I'm forcing it. I'm forcing it because of past experience and it's actually not the most nourishing thing for me right now. Mm. And being willing to accept that ironically sitting at home in my living room is makes me feel more calmer The even just like imagining it I can feel my body even slightly downshift and just being willing to let go of what sounds like the better idea um so that's been part of it I do try um in the mornings before I get out of bed um, and sometimes before I even open my eyes to do a body scan and an emotion scan and attention mm-hmm. scan. Like where's the tension? What am I actually feeling emotionally and um, how's my body feeling? But then lately as corny as it mm-hmm. sounds, I've been trying to add something that I'm really proud of myself for um, because I'm not getting any, you know, we're not getting the normal outside validation that we would typically. And because I live alone with a cat, you know, so I've been really deliberate about providing that for myself. You need to give yourself the feedback that you would otherwise be getting from social interactions. Either social interactions or financial income remuneration (laughs) or... Um, uh, yeah, you know, all these, there, all those other quote unquote, uh, pre COVID activities, a lot of them, I think they're about, you know, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person in this world who has something to offer, um, and give, and now it has to go way spiritual and, um, invisible essential because it's not happening in the you know, brick and mortar material world. Oh, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. I mean, I find myself, um, you know, kind of missing going to the office. I I don't really miss going to the office, but in the sense of, um, you know, putting on a dress shirt and picking up the shoulder bag and going out onto the train and like, it's not, it's not even that I'm like showing off for the world, but just seeing myself as other people see me as somebody commuting to work and somebody, you know, then somebody being in an office, like that part of self-presentation kind of isn't there anymore. So I'm not like, I'm not reinforcing that, but I'm also not getting either real or imagined feedback from other people um, or reflection back about that part of my identity. So um, 
Yeah, absolutely. That's what you're talking about. That's really interesting. So self-monitoring, just checking in with yourself, it sounds like, to see how how you're really feeling, your body and your emotions and your thoughts. And more often than I used to before, because there were things that were on autopilot, because even, you know, putting on the dress shirt and the shoulder bag, there's a ritual to Mm -hmm. that, you know? So oftentimes, like, I think you'll already kind of know if something's off kilter because you've done ritual so many times, mm. but there's no, there's no ritual. There's no rhythm anymore. So it requires me to be um, vigilant is I think the wrong word because it implies stress or danger, but just much, much more aware yeah. of where I am because I have no structure otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aware is good or maybe alert is um or or just present for your own your own self yeah that's really helpful um i'm gonna be i'm gonna be thinking about that and checking in with myself more often because i I think that's good um i like that advice great (laughs) (laughs) um let me ask you the second question then um so as you look outward towards the world and you know there's a lot of talk about restarting the economy and reducing, you know, shelter in place in many places um, and and kind of getting things going again. What is it that you think we should be focusing on to try to, you know, Mm -hmm. most important for us to to focus on to to help guide the world in the right direction? Well, I feel like we can only guide our own, you know, spheres of influence. Mm. And the ironic twist to COVID that I've taken away so far is that it stresses how connected we are as humanity. You know, the, the, the idea of a contagion, which can spread from one person to another person shows that we're connected. Oh yeah. Um, But the opposite of that is that we are also, we also infect each other and hold each other together with, um, qualities like attention, um, caring, support. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's, it was easier or not easier, but um, people could often be isolated and neglected, but not f- actually register that because they would be out and about. They would be at the grocery store. They could go to the bar for a drink. Right but they were still being neglected and they were living lonely. And I think now people have been more aware of, Oh yeah. Who lives alone? Who do I know that lives alone? Let me check in with them. You know, who, um, I, I think it's heightened certain people, not everybody, certain people's awareness of like, of where people are in this entire social web that we're in because we've taken away these transactional sort of relationships temporarily. So all we're left with is our time and attention. And I think if we can carry that forward, even if we can't affect humanity, but I know for me, it sounds so cliche, but the more I feel like I'm looking out for people and even if it's just an email or a text, once in a while because you don't want it to be forced and it shouldn't be overwhelming <laughs> you don't want to be but just, I, right right but just i'm keeping people in mind and that small act 
lets them know, like, I can't see you, but I'm with you. You know, you're not a complete speck of dust, Yeah. you know, in, in this kind of quarantine vacuum. Yeah. So I think that's something we can carry forth with us. I like that a lot. It is so beautiful. Um, just the, the notion that we have, you know, we're, we're thrown back to less, tr- you know, non-transactional ways, non-economic ways of relating to each other and that we can just, you know, uh, check in on or text people that we know that might need checking in on. Um, I, I also, you know, I've noticed just in the, in the quiet on the streets, I feel um, just blown away that so many people appear to care so much. Yes. To, that they're staying home. You know, that's not like there's police out in the street, you know, no. forcing yeah. this. Mostly people are just choosing to stay home and they choose to walk around you on the sidewalk when, when they see you coming. And, you know, they, they choose to wear masks. It, to me, that's a massive demonstration of collective um, care and love. And I'm just blown away by it. Yeah, I think Paul Williams is the is one who just wrote a beautiful paragraph about how this is this global act of love mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we, we may never see again, you know, and it's the flip side of twice in the 20th century, we were taken to global acts of aggression. Yeah. You know? Um, and so we've, we have united um, uh, on so many levels as a collective species. It is, it it's, it's inspiring. It's if you take really take it in, I think it gives us each such hope for what lies ahead, e- in spite of all these, you know, the actual nuts and bol- bolts and gristle of this disease. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to minimize that at all. It's, it's a hard no. disease, right? And there are many horrifying things about our response or lack of response to it on a, on a broad governmental level, but um, but there is, I think you're right, there is reason to be hopeful about humanity um, in this too. Mm-hmm. Granted, there is so much fear that's also keeping people at home. Well, yes. So right. not, you know, not to minimize that, but still there, I mean, everything is perspective. Um, and, oh gosh, are you going to choose to believe it's more because of people's fears about each other or more just out of respect for what humanity needs, you know, as, you know, as a, one group. Right. It's just, I know I downshift when I think the latter. Yeah. So I'll just choose that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a better way to live, certainly, to see it that way. And, yeah. and to a certain extent, by seeing it that way, you might help make it that way. Yes, absolutely. Well, Eliza, I, Really appreciate you taking the time um, to share with me um, your thoughts on self-monitoring and on uh, just taking care of each other. It's been a really beautiful discussion. Thank you so much for inviting me. What fun. All right. Thanks, Eliza. Great. Thanks. If you'd like to know more about Eliza's work uh, as an actor, check her out at elizashin.com. You can view some uh, clips of hers, uh, reels organized by uh, dramatic and humorous and uh, some, some clips that I think are just sort of offbeat and oddball. 
You can also catch her in uh, oh episodes from uh, in the last year or so um, from uh, Veronica Mars, Big Little Lies, uh, Commune, and it looks like she's going to be in uh, something coming up called the Kombucha Cure, which I have no idea what that is, but it, it sounds very topical. I'll end, as I usually do, with one minute of poetry. Today's poem is a short haiku by Nikolai Grankin. First sprouts, a crow cleans its feathers on the scarecrow's shoulder. That haiku was published on May 28, 2020, on Tiny Words, a website for haiku and other small poems. For more poetry like that, check out tinywords.com. Thanks for listening to The Reset Button. My name is Dylan Tweeney. If you'd like to get in touch, I'm easy to find. Just go to dylan.tweeney.com. That's T-W-E-N-E-Y.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have feedback on this episode or other episodes, or if you have suggestions about people that you think I should interview in the future, I'd also like to know what's helping you get through every day, manage anxiety, cope with the craziness that is this modern world, and what do you think the world should be focusing on next. Until next time, take care. <laughs>